Hello and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Thanks so much for supporting the show. Guys, it's finally here. I've released my shop where you can go and just get some merchandise that'll make you laugh, make other people laugh when they see it, uh, or just kind of a way that you can push back against the the woke mob just a little bit. Uh, To check that stuff out, just go to thejoemobleyshow.com slash shop. And uh, before you click away, make sure that you like and rate this podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit that subscribe button, make sure Big Tech hasn't unsubscribed you, uh, and go ahead and leave a review, you know? Uh, I love reading your guys' reviews and learning ways that I can make the show better. Hope you enjoy this interview. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am, of course, Joe Mobley, your host, and today we have a best-selling author, an inspirational speaker, trainer, coach, philosopher, and our first serial entrepreneur on the show, Mr. Andrew Calderella. Andrew, how are you? Uh, Doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Well, you have certainly been making the rounds on the interviews. I typed you into, you know, YouTube and you're going around on podcasts to, to see what content is out there. Uh, and you've got some lengthy interviews out there. So one, I highly recommend anyone else who's listening, check those out. Um, because we're probably not going to get to dive as deep into the book, but we definitely have to start off with your book. Um, I don't think I've heard anyone ask, you know, I know a little bit about the book and you can touch on that. Uh, but why did you write this book? You know, what, why, why did you bring this book to the world? I'm always interested to sure. hear author's story about that. Sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, if you know my background, I was born with dyslexia, learning disabilities, uh, legally blind in one eye and lazy eye, put a patch over my good eye to make me look out on my bad eye. Um, I was bullied in school relentlessly, so I'm definitely not the person you would pick and go, yeah, that kid's going to be the guy that's going to write a book. Actually, one of the teachers when I was in elementary school told me I should uh, just drop out because I was too stupid to learn anything. I think uh, I could go on about my life. I did graduate from elementary school and high school and got degrees in college, traveled the world, started a lot of different companies, been running one for over 20 years. I say all that because... um, part of my mission in life has, or part of my experiences had led me to this mission to find answers to some of the greatest problems uh, facing humanity. And I've had a lot of spiritual experiences. Uh, This has been something I've been after since I was a kid. And uh, because of my learning disabilities, I started listening to books and that opened a whole world to me because then I could, I could listen to anything you can imagine and gain knowledge um, that I wasn't able to get because I couldn't read very well. Um, so for me, this has been a lifelong journey. It took me 30 years uh, of work to actually get here, being in dyslexic. I don't know if you know what that means, but it means everything you write comes out crazy. Everything's misspelled. Everything's backwards, sentences, paragraphs, using the wrong words. Um, and the reason I needed to do this, though, is because I found answers to our greatest questions in life, and I needed to share them. And it's been when you give your life to God, if you're a believer, to uh, your higher purpose, you have to follow it where it may lead. And I asked the question, like, why why me, man? I have to write a book. I am a good speaker. I can do business. I can do all this other stuff. But you have to start with a codification of the ideas so that we all can understand them and uh, build upon them. 
So again, the only reason I wrote this book is because it wasn't out there. I've been looking for this knowledge since I was a kid. I think a lot of the problems that we have with our society is that we're a lot of confused, divided. You have a couple pieces that you know, but you're missing a bunch of others that is creating problems. Um, one of the greatest problems I find when I coach people is that we all need to keep all these plates balanced in the air, all your relationships, your health, your finances, your work, all these different aspects of life. And if you don't have them all properly balanced, it's going to hurt you. So I wanted to put everything in, in a one uh, little series of books, these are three books, to give you all that knowledge so you don't have to fight for it. I could keep going, um, but basically it's really about all of us kind of uh, getting on the same page and then uh, creating great changes in our society so we can all live a meaningful life and uh, enjoy a better world in society. Yeah, awesome. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. Sometimes I talk very fast. Hopefully that's all right. No, I think it's great. You know, it's funny, like codification, a lot of, it's not a word you hear a lot and people don't touch on it a lot, but it's crazily important. It's tremendously important. Um, one of, I think we had one guess, you know, the last question I'll ask you for a book recommendation. Always do. You can't pick your own. That's, that's a given. So, uh, buy this book. It's called the way, uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can probably find it anywhere on the web that books are sold. Uh, just, Search the way by Andrew Calderella, Absolutely. and you can't go wrong. Um, but another book that I'm always recommending to people is The Federalist, uh, and it's it's for the purpose of understanding why something exists. Um, and I had someone someone picked Atlas yeah. Shrugged as their answer, and I just thought it's a great example. There's so much, you know, we want to tear down so many fences without realizing why they're there. Um, or if you've ever done renovation, you know, the first thing you do before you tear down the wall is you need to learn about that wall. <laughs> why is it there? Is this a load bearing wall? <laughs> you know, uh, it's just not as easy as oh, I want to change my house to it. Yeah, before you throw the hammer into it, where, where are the pipes? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, call before you dig. Oh, always call before you dig. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so. I'm doing that right now, man. I, they have an exposed wire out on my property they have to bury. Oh, so, man. So <laughs> Don't touch that. But codifying things is important. So um, so you, you touched on the one, yeah. the one party aspect. And I've heard all about it because I've been listening to you for hours, man. Um, you... I don't know where you plan to go with, you know, right. podcasting or interviewing, but you've got, like, the voice for it. I've I listen to you more than any other guest that I've had so far. Uh, so tell our listeners about about this wow. one party deal. Uh, which when I heard it, I thought it was nuts when you said the words one party. Sure, but there's some good some good stuff in there. All right. Well, I appreciate that, and I think everything starts out sounding a little crazy. Just imagine uh, the guys that started the United States, two or three guys sitting in a bar, just like you and me, going, "Man." These guys are just destroying our country. They keep getting taxing us more, wasting our money, and you know, just you know, all these things, right? And then it's like, well, you know what? I got a newspaper. I have a podcast. I, have, you know, let's start to make these changes. This is how changes always happen. So, while it is crazy, I think uh, it's absolutely needed. Um, when you study history, all of throughout all of human time, every revolution, every movement, every fight that we've been fighting is for something that we all want. Our leaders keep telling us that we're divided, uh, but we're truly not. I've had conversations with every type of human in this world. I mean, I've traveled the world, uh, conservatives, uh, liberals, we all want the same things. We want to end this corruption, uh, have a society that works, have good government, efficiency, uh, not wasting our money, you know, have a great life, uh, fill the void within, find our great relationships, not have pollution, uh, harmful companies, you know, uh, lying politicians, all the rest. I mean, just go down the list. There's nobody that's like, yeah, I want pollution. I'm, I'm all for destruction and horrible lives. You know what I mean? So when you go into this, for me, when I, when I look at what we really need, okay, and what um, I'm spiritual. I believe in God. I just want people to know that. And what God shows me is that we need a party that is not based on the fringe issues and that cannot be taken over by the most extreme people in the party. So this one party idea is, well, let's talk about this for a second before I reveal that. Let me just understand um, when we're talking about parties and what that really means. We have the idea of left and right and center. Okay? I think this is really important for people to get because um, 
liberals are sometimes more open for change, uh, freedoms, and you know, want positive change like right now. And uh, conservatives, a lot of times, are more traditionalist. They don't want to change too fast. And you can see this in different types of personality types, right? Um, what's happened in America, though, is something different. So it's no longer a fight between uh, these different types of ideas. It's become more of a team sport. And I say that when you have two competing anything in, in human society, it's like a team, right? It's like your uh, team you're going to be a diehard fan of for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter if they suck. I mean, just look at some of the teams in America. People are diehard fans. They're out there. Our team's losing and losing, right? Uh, and our politicians that run these parties are all about division because if they can divide you and make you angry, they get more money and power and fame. The true leaders, let me just, let me step back one other step. Um, we as a human race, right, we are all born ignorant and we learn uh, what is true from our authority figures. This is really important. This is our parents. Uh, what our parents tell us is who we should listen to. Listen to these newscasters, this party, and these people. The problem with that whole idea is if you just give up your faith to these people is that they can be corrupted, right? We've seen this throughout time. Nobody has all the answers and no one party or one group is going to be the end-all solution to everything. You need to be open. And what I found is this whole idea of segmenting our value system, that these are conservative values and these are liberal values, and then making them the opposite seem evil of some kind is the problem, right? We as a human race need to integrate all value uh, and virtue. It's not like, like the idea of law and order without... Uh, treating people as you would want to be treated, equality, justice, that becomes, that could become like a dictatorship, right? Law and order, right? Without uh, true justice and love is not going to be a good thing. So the one party, the whole idea here is to make government work for us and imbue it with all of these virtues, uh, cost effectiveness. Let's get down to the core issues of what government should do and do it. Like, I mean, really, really do it well. I'm talking about the, finding the best people in the country. Maybe you don't work there forever, but maybe you take four years out as a service to the country and help us fix some of these systems. This can't just be those who scream the loudest and are the most fanatical run for government and get in. This is going to create more and more division. This is throughout history. We're going to end up, I guarantee it, in some type of war, civil war, unrest. And this is what the, the parties are, are the... Some of the powers around the world want. They want to destroy America and the idea of democracy so that we either go to communism or we go to dictatorship. And they're really two sides of the same coin. Um, so, again, the idea of the, the one party is it's not that we're centrist in the sense that, that oh, we got to uh, balance every idea. It's there's some great ideas on both sides. There's some ideas when you put them together with other ideas that become the right solution. The whole idea is, if, why don't we have a government that's working for the solution and not just one-sided solutions and for all of Americans? I've talked to most people in this country are kind of sick of this whole thing, this, this, this uh, in America at least. Um, and I know I, I talk, I have friends all over the world, and we all have the same gripes. And it seems to me that a lot of the solutions are very obvious. Um, so I don't know. I could keep going on, but let's get a little deeper maybe into it through, through your questions. Does that make sense? It, it does. <laughs> and at the, I heard, the first time I heard it, I heard the question, and I didn't really understand. I don't think that I had read um, up about your book either. Um, but when you just said, like, one party, I was like, no, that'll never work. But, man, the ideas... It's it's almost like in some sense it's what people okay, used me, to call patriotism, <laughs> and I, I've right. I've come We're around at it like this. What we need to do is break this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, what we need to do is break this two-party system. We can't have this team sport mentality. Red, blue. I'm diehard fan, no matter what. Um, if you're going to start hating other Americans because they're uh, Democrat or Republican, we're, we're already going down the wrong path. Yeah. Okay. It's only through pity and sorrow and love and all the rest of the good feelings that we're going to fix this. It's like, you, you look at what's happened, all these uprisings, 
if there is an uprising, you have to realize there's something wrong in your society. I don't care if the people are wrong or they're right or whatever. It doesn't matter. The problem is that they're they're being uh, motivated to the point where they're you know walking out in the streets. So there's a huge problem in your society if that's happening, and you can't just ignore it and diss them and everything else. So for me, it's like the the whole equality movement, right? This has been something we've been fighting since the beginning of human time, okay? This is seriously just about every revolution. Uh, my parents, you know, were born in Detroit. My parents fighting for the civil rights movement. I mean, if before this, I mean, you can go through all of, all, of, all of human history and say, oh, no, somebody's been discriminating against somebody. So we all need to kind of embrace the idea that of equality. And this is true for science and faith, okay, um, for religion. Uh, no, let's go science first. For science, we all share 99.9% of our DNA. That means every single human being on this planet. And then for faith and religious uh, people, we all know that God created everything and everybody. So religion and family agree that we're one, um, or religion, I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous. I don't know why today. Something about um, talking about politics gets you a little amped up, I guess. Uh, but I, the idea that, you know, science and um Faith agree that we're one human family. So we can't just keep fighting for like, <clears throat> last summer it was blacks, this summer it's Asians, next summer it's Latino, next summer it's half black, half Asian, next summer it's, you know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, please, can we just start all grouped together in one movement fighting for equality for everybody, period? Okay. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's, that's the fight, the true fight. And if we don't go there, we don't evolve these movements, we're never, it's never going to end. And it's always, if it's, if it's a segment of society, there's always them versus us. If it's all of us, then we solve the problem. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. It's, uh, I don't want to say America first. It's like an inflammatory statement these days. But it's just like people want proud of their country. I, I agree. The red versus blue thing has gotten so nuts. It's not about political ideology. It's about the home team. Whatever that team is, whatever they do, even if they do indefensible things, hold the line, cheer for it. Uh, and it drives me crazy. Um, people ask me, I'm obviously, I'm very conservative. I, I call myself an uncloseted conservative. Uh, but people can pick a Republican out of a hat to include Donald Trump all the way back to George Washington. And I can give you a list of things that I disagree with them on that I would have, you know, gone a different way or I would have, you know, voiced an opposition. Uh, and maybe that'll get sure. me kicked out of the party someday so. because they'll say, ah, you don't believe, you know, you got to be like no, a 10 point the problem, conservative. Though, man. It's the party has become, no, I think this idea, that's, that's what cult, okay? I think the problem is if you, I cover this in the book, and this is with uh, religions do this, pretty much any organization that lasts a very long time can fracture and fracture and fracture. It can fracture into different groups, but it can also fracture within. You got to realize that the most motivated people are always the ones that are most extreme, right? And they, they're the ones that are, go and join the party and show up at every meeting and all those kind of things. And sometimes those people aren't necessarily the ones that should be the leaders, because if, if a you know, super extremist is then followed by his super extremist, then it's followed by his, your party gets way out of whack on what the, everybody's trying to do. The same thing with religion. I mean, just look at the, human, or the, the Catholic Church. I mean, they literally rationalized going down and raping, killing, and murdering everybody in Christ's homeland and also torturing their own people in Christ's name. I mean, if anybody who's a religious person out there knows Christ, there's not one uh, Christian I've ever talked to that would be like, yeah, Christ would be totally into that. No, he would so not be into that. And that, that the problem is within our parties, sometimes it's like, uh, let's talk about the leadership problem we have. Okay, so since we're all bored and ignorant and we learn and we were, we're told to follow these certain uh, authority figures, we end up really with two leaders, two types of leaders, right? We end up with this one type of leader that is out there to help us. They're truly of merit. They're looking for true solutions. And then there's this other type of leader who believes in crushing all opposition, who will lie, mislead, cheat, um, and do whatever it takes, and they'll rationalize it all. You know what I'm saying? It's like um, 
And we can see this throughout time. I mean, the kings and queens, I mean, how many times have we gone to war and mass death happened just because two people couldn't figure out how to uh, relate or just got super greedy and uh, wanted to go take over this person's country or super uh, self-righteous and arrogant to where we're the superior race and now we can just treat everybody like some slave or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? This, this sickness of superiority has infected our uh, society. And this is the real fight. I, people sometimes accuse me of being a little overly religious, which I don't get, because if you listen to my book, I'm representing the true God, not any one religion. Uh, they all have their failings. The whole point here is that this fight between um, good and evil or vice versus virtue, it's for about you becoming the best person you can be, helping to create a better society and ultimately uh, going to to heaven if you're a believer. Um, if you're not, you can still go. But, you know, the whole point here is that it doesn't need to be this hate game. You know what I mean? If you see people as equals and want to treat everybody as you would want to be treated, if this is reflected in our organizations, in our ways of behavior, it solves most of the problems on our planet. I mean, George Floyd never could have happened. Not, there's not one second uh, of, of that happening if you're treating somebody as an equal and as you would want to be treated, right? There's no way that could happen. The problem is that these ideals aren't integrated into our society. We don't uh, correct the bullies when they're young. I was bullied relentlessly when I was a kid. And, you know, just expelling somebody or just telling them they're wrong or whatever isn't enough. These kids have serious problems, not only in their life, but all maybe their home life uh, that need to be addressed so they can become better people before they grow up and and create these huge problems in our society. So the idea, again, of the one party is to kind of get beyond all this fringe issues, right, and get down to the center of what we really all want. And for me, it's like government, we can deal with some of the fringe issues if you want, but that's not what government's there to do. They're, they're there to make sure that your water is clean and safe. We have road systems. We have a military that works. We have, you know what I mean? These are the core things. And it shouldn't be about politics, like, oh, let's keep building endless tanks when everybody in the military is like, no, man, we need more cyber and, uh, you know, more stealth warfare and this kind of thing. We don't need more. We have enough tanks. You know, and they're like, no, but my home district is uh, making these tanks. And if you take it away, then, you know what I mean? So, no, we're going to keep building tanks. And we're sitting there going, dude, this is, this is not what you're there for. Okay, as when you go to work in government, especially for the people, you are there to serve us and to do our work. And that means making these hard choices. Sometimes it means taking away from one place and doing something else, for God's sake. You can't just keep adding to the budget trillions and trillions. Of, oh, the, re, the Republican Party's the, the responsible one. Give me a break. That is the biggest lie I've ever heard in my life. And I'm sick of it. Anybody that like keeps saying that is like, just look at the history, for God's sake. The only president that I saw that did anything Thing is uh, Bill Clinton. He's the only one that I saw that balanced the actual budget. Everybody else was like, no, let's just keep adding to it. So there again, I'm about making this all work for us and, and really making democracy something good. Yeah. Fun history fact. There's only been one president in the history of the United States that actually, while in office, made the government smaller. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Andrew, you nailed it. Uh, now, was who, people, who was that? people are going to have to look. Was that, that Bill Clinton? No, <laughs> it wasn't. Um, Bill Clinton was no. decently okay. fiscally. But he did balance the budget. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No. <laughs> so thinking about as your... far as the other one that shrank the government, yeah, I, it's ridiculous how it's like. Uh, can I just speak to that for one second? Yeah, I think one of the biggest it. problems that we have in the world, in the entire world, is based in this issue, like. What should government do? What should private business do? And what's the responsibility of the, of the people? Okay. Um, you can see all of human history is a fight for these type of balances. There's this idea of socialism that has run rampant in this country. And it's being misrepresented all the time. Okay. We have communism, socialism uh, as kind of like these two competing ideas, but they're not really. America, the idea of socialism is balancing business and a government, okay? Both of those aspects. The idea of capitalism, right, is an economic system. It's not a political idea. So the idea of capitalism is that you know, it's like business, we're pro-business, right? But you don't want businesses running the world, 
Okay, we, we've actually tried that. You look at the uh, late 1800s, early uh, 1900s. Um, you could go back to Morgan and Carnegie and all these guys, right? They were literally polluting the hell out of this country, destroying the people's lives that work for it, and hoarding all the money for themselves. And it was the Republican Party, Teddy Roosevelt, that came in and said, you guys, you can't keep doing this. And they actually had made laws and broke them up and set standards for work and, uh, you know, health and whatever. You can't just rip people's arms off and let them die at work every day. That's not okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's just really paying people less and less and less to where they're in abject poverty. You know what I'm saying? So the idea here is if you don't want the government to do as much you as businesses have to meet your responsibilities. And this means paying people so they can take care of themselves, right? Look at the, the country right now. The biggest employers in our country, Amazon, Walmart, whatnot, they all underpay their people. I mean, I'm not talking just by a little bit. I'm talking by these people are on food stamps and they're working full time. That is a joke. These companies are bringing out profits like you wouldn't believe, and they're building uh, museums, stuffing them with artwork, and living the this life where I have 50 houses, all mansions, and you know huge yachts, and yet my people can't live. You know what I'm saying? They're fighting, oh, I don't want to pay the $15 minimum wage. For God's sake, you should be paying these people as much as you can. Hundred, there's In the book, I talk about what the happiness level is. There's this level of, of uh, depending on where you live and everything, there's, there's caveats in there, but um, that if you live within this happiness level, you are generally happy, right? You can provide for yourself, your family, your future. Uh, you can put money away. You can go on a vacation. You can have a decent life. But if you're below this level, it is crushing. I mean, you can't feed your kids good food. You you live in hell. You you know, there's no way out for some some of these uh, people that live in these situations. And this is true all over the world. And yet, these people are working full time. I don't know if you can imagine this, but this is like where I keep saying you got to treat people as you want to be treated as a business owner. If you're not taking care of this world and you're not taking care of our society and the people that are working for you, you're not doing your job. It's not all about profit. If that's what you think, it's all about profit. It's about wealth, power, and fame. You're missing the whole point of life, okay? So for me, this is about all of us kind of getting on the same page and why we're here. This isn't heaven. This is a training ground. Obviously, throughout every uh, faith that we've had, it always comes down to you um, either passing this test or failing this test, right? Uh, virtue versus vice. I always go back to that, but it's so true. So, you know, we as humanity um, just have to get, get on the same page. And that's where I'm, I'm so, uh, what do I want to say? I'm so upset that so many of our leaders that claim to be our leaders are deceivers and divisionists. You know what I mean? Like they really believe that, that they're doing some type of good by lying to us and misleading us and making us angry and hateful. And, and all I'm saying to you people is if you're following these people, you got to stop. They're, they're not. They're just using you. That is not the way for a better world. We're just going to have a war in hell again. So. <laughs> so I am fully on board with the political cults. Um, I'm hopeful. I, I think that this country has truly brought unique things to human history, um, from political philosophy to regular philosophy, um, economic systems. Uh, so I'm hopeful that we can get the, they're, they're cults. These political factions are cults. I'm hoping we can get back on a track that makes sense. Uh, yeah. But I don't well, feel, I don't party, feel like we are. Us versus them. Yeah. So how do yeah, how do well, we we're not right now. how mean, do we get out party, of these cults? You know, yeah. I think there's a little delay. So if anybody's listening or watching this, just realize that sometimes I'm I'm speaking when I think there's <laughs> there's a delay. So uh, how do we stop the cults? Is you need a third party. You can't have a two party system. Okay. You can't have this us versus them. We need to have. Just think about it in our government right now. Like I think it's the House. It's almost fifty fifty. Right. Just imagine. If our one party had 30 seats or 10 or 15, everything would have to go through us, right? It doesn't, we don't have to be the majority party, but they couldn't get anything passed without our party. Um, and the idea here is not to break government, but to make it work, okay? The idea, I think a lot of times, I, I talk to a lot of uh, people throughout my life, gang members, CEOs, you name it, I've talked to a diverse group. There are literally people in this world 
who want to destroy America. I want you to understand that they want, and they do it in the guise of like, they use good people words, they use democracy against us, uh, freedom of speech and all these things. And they don't all uh, even know it. Some of them are puppets, but the idea that there is groups in this world of the super wealthy who don't want anybody to complain. They believe it's their right to rule over us, to dictate how we live, what we do, what we can say, what we cannot say, where you can live, every, you name it. They believe that they have the right to do that to you. And if you've ever studied human history, that mentality gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse oh, until people yeah. rebel. Right, and so every rebellion, 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 or they're so out of touch. The whole idea of Marie Antoinette, you know, let them eat cake. I mean, that whole idea is almost the what is happening in the super echelons of the uh, right wing. Sometimes I listen to them talk. It's like, do do you not understand what is happening? And 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 the left too. I'm not I'm not leaving them out. It's like what is happening in the actual um, world today. You know what I mean? It's like it's like I look at the super rich. It's like they're let's go to Mars and let's do this. It's like, look, man, we need to fix this world. We got some real problems. There are some I could give you a ten a list of ten things, like water systems, you know, all over the world. We need to figure that out, like right now. How to move water, how to clean water, how to get it to where we need it in bulk. You know what I'm saying? And and let's figure it out. Pipelines, whatever it takes, desalination plants hooked up to you know solar and wind and wave Pipelines and whatever, just bad. making this stuff twenty four seven using the Pipelines a bad word. Yeah, well, right I don't know. We build pipelines. <laughs> well, a water pipeline from like the flood zones in the east to fill up the Colorado River, I think might, might be okay if you live in the flood zone. It's like, no, we're going to lower the water level and we're going to suck as much of it out so you don't get flooded every year uh, and move it to the west where, you know, we're having some severe droughts and whatnot. But you know, like I said, I mean, pipelines, we can go into that. I think the idea, again, I don't have all the answers. I'm going to tell you that's what we're going to do. Uh, there's a, there's evaporation. I don't know. You can make water just by collecting evaporation at night in even really dry areas. There's so many ways to do uh, certain solutions. And for me, it's like, let's do them. Let's put them all on the table, figure out which of the best ones are, or and implement the plan to integrate them all and whatnot. It's like this energy fight. It's like, there's no fight. There's not one American that I talk to that's like, yeah, I want I want more pollution in my life. I really do want to breathe mercury and lead. I want my, I want my children uh, drinking water full of poisons. That's what I want. I want them exposed to plastics as child so that it hurts their brain. And nobody, not, not one human, right? There's no fight here. It's like we're, we're just being lied to and manipulated and stalled and whatnot. It's like all the people that are doing that are the problem. I honestly believe there's like 100, maybe less than 1,000 people in this world that are just in the wrong job, right? They're doing the wrong job. They've been corrupted. And I want to help these people. It's like, you don't want to hate them. Let's put them in jail. It's like, how do I say this? It's like when I, when I talk to these gang members, um, like the most hardcore people you can imagine, like have murdered like 10 people, whatever, in prison. And you talk to them. Some of these people know that they're twisted, and wrong, and they just are so, how do I say this, confused and mad and, and everything. And you talked about their life, and it's like, oh, yeah, this kid was abused and molested, and, you know, he started in a gang at six years old. He's watched his parents murdered, his friends. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Jesus, God in heaven, no wonder this guy is a little messed up. Where was the society to help him? I mean, we can't just expect everybody to be born ignorant and navigate through society and go through hell and come out, yeah, I, I'm like Mandela. I went through all of this and became a leader of the country. Not everybody's going to be able to do that, for God's sake. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, uh, and I love Mandela. I mean, he talked about a story of somebody's life that overcame and didn't fall to the dark side in doing it. Oh, he's a, he's a really great example. Um, and same thing with Gandhi and the rest of these peacemakers. You know, the idea of showing us, our, I don't know if you know the story of Gandhi. There's this one moment where um, the Indian people were literally being shot and, you know, beaten and everything by the British. And they're all in this square. And they just let them do it. They just let them shoot them and kill them. And it was all on uh, in the newspaper in England. This was like a pivotal moment because it reached to the soul of the English people. It made them realize that what they are doing, they think it's good. It is not good. It is evil. And that is one of the biggest problems on this planet. We as a human race often do evil thinking it's good. And we all have to be accountable to ourselves. We all have to be open to seeing this because it's often... Uh, sometimes the most insidious evils that are the worst. 
It's like the whole idea of uh, the Muslim uh, communities getting so mad at the West and we're like, why did they bomb us? Why did they do this? Why are they so upset? It's like because we've been propping up dictators, drawing lines and, and forcing them into situations in hell for so long that some of them are just like, please, you know, and sometimes you, you break things when you're pissed. I mean, there is not one revolution that I've ever uh, witnessed that didn't break something. You know what I mean? And it's sad. It's horrible. You shouldn't have happened. It is twisted. But this is the twisted society we live in. So if we're going to fix this, again, we all have to kind of get on the same page when it comes to some of these basic ideas and then join within the one party of movement to kind of make these things happen. And that's, uh, you asked me earlier, like, why am I doing this? I've been on a mission my whole life. I don't, I'm just trying to follow and honor what God showed me to do and be the best person I can be. And this is the only solution I can see. I, if you have a better one, let's integrate it together. Uh, for me, it's about consensus. There's not always win-lose, us versus them. It's all of us united. Uh, we all want the same things. We can really make this happen if we just have the right leaders. Man, every guest says something that makes me go, oh, man, I haven't thought about that. But you're right. Even a small party dropped into Congress creates, it changes the entire math of American politics. And that truly true, I'm, I'm decently intelligent, but that truly has never occurred to me. It's well, That's the whole idea behind the one party. I don't yeah. need to, to become the majority. I, I just need 10. Yeah, wow. Interesting. Yeah, there's there's something there. I I hope that more people buy this book. And what's that book called? So glad you all asked. It's called The Way by Andrew Calderella. And you can type that into Amazon and have this book. You know, if you've got Prime, you can have it this time tomorrow or, uh, you know, the next day. Yeah, it's on <laughs> ebook everywhere, Google, pretty much every every uh, bookstore all around the world. Um and again, I am just getting started. I've had a lot of setbacks in my life, uh, including right now. My mom's, you know, got health issues. I'm taking care of her. I've been financially hit. I've been lied to, cheated, robbed. My, you know what I mean? So uh, I need help. I need advice. Uh, this isn't all about me. This is about us. I'm a cog in the wheel. You know what I mean? Uh, let's talk about this idea of success just for a second, if we could. I know time is running short, but um, this is really important. When we look at companies, a lot of times we get this idea of the pyramid, right? There's this guy at the top, peons at the bottom, right? If you look at a pyramid, though, that's not really what it's about. The bottom is the foundation. Without the bottom, you don't have the top. So uh, I really think the idea of any organization, especially a company, is more like an engine. I'm a, I'm a car guy. Um, and as any car guy knows, a $2 part can take down your engine as much as a, you know, the $1,000 part. So uh, it's not about expense. It's about having the right parts in the right place and all working correctly. So the, the management team, the sales team, the delivery team, the, the box boys, the whatever, they're all part of this whole. You cannot treat anybody as lesser. The guy that's digging the ditch, for God's sake, that putting in that foundation is by far uh, one of the most important people you have because without that job done, you have nothing. Same thing with the sales guys, the delivery guys, the, the baggers, whatever it may be. So these people are as deserving to reap the benefits from the company as the executives. This idea that um, as a company grows, it's like executive pay goes up and up and up, but the minimum level, the lowest guy is still stuck at minimum wage. And the minimum wage hasn't risen since like the 70s. Nobody that I know it, it can live off of minimum wage, even have $15 an hour in some of these cities. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like you're still living in object poverty. You know what I mean? It's like, I got a, I got a family of four, dude, or three or two. Do you know how much it is to, to just feed a kid for God's sake, a teenager? I mean, you know, so and medical and, you know, everything else on top of that. So you can't treat people, um, as lesser. We're all equal or we're, we're all equal or we're not. You know what I mean? And, and to me, it's like this idea of equality always comes down to everything. You know, treating people as you want to be treated, equality, respecting life, knowing your purpose, why we're here, the meaning of life. All of that is all tied together. So um, for me, there's no difference between your business, uh, your home life and everything else. You know, we need to kind of have an integrated reality.
There's none of this. And what is it? Oh, it's just business. Oh, it's always been that way. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Those kind of things are uh, of the past. We need to take responsibility and fix these things once and for all. I'm glad that you called out. I could keep going, so I just stop sometimes. Yeah, I- <laughs> I'm glad you called out those few companies. Yeah. Um, you know, one for a listener, if you're working on a company like that, you're you're not a prisoner. You know, go somewhere else because there are so many companies that don't even consider the minimum wage um, because. That's not the value they they want their. That's not the value they think their team is putting out, and the caliber of person they want to bring on their team. Um, I I always say that I'm Dave Ramsey Economics. So Ramsey Solutions is one of those types of companies, and there are thousands more. Um, and it's not even up to you to ask in in that's these the meetings. Yeah. God. No, no, no. I'm sorry, man. I, I get so many things popping into my brain sometimes. I didn't mean to jump in. That's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're here for, just minimum wage. You don't have to work for minimum wage. All right. I, I just wanted to say this. All right, let me say this then. Um, I, I, I agree that they can go other places, but I think we need to change a lot of these places within. So this idea of unionizing, I know uh, the, the right a lot of times demonizes unions, but oh my God, they have saved America. This idea that Everything on the left is evil or wrong is ridiculous. If it wasn't for the left, a lot of the, the social, the, the middle class wouldn't be. This idea that the super rich know what to do and how to do everything, we should just let them do whatever they want, is ridiculous. The idea that we shouldn't have any regulations or the idea of uh, having the smallest government possible. I'm all for some of these ideas, but it's not just like, let's just cut all regulations. Like, no, some of those regulations are good, man. We need to make sure there isn't lead in our water and, you know, poisons in our food and medicines work. You know what I mean? You can't just say that all government is bad. The only people that are saying that to you are the ones that want some type of dictatorship or uh, corptocracy where they just get to do whatever they want. Um, the problem is that a lot of the people at the top of these organizations have been corrupted, right? They, And I say this with an open heart, man. I don't want you to be corrupted if you're at these places. I would love to talk to uh, Jeff Bezos and the rest of these guys and have some heart-to-hearts and show them. Because every, I've never had one conversation with any of these leaders that didn't le- help them wake up to some degree. Like you said, you, you've, you've uh, been shown some things. I think that the biggest thing that we look at, we got to stop all the hate. We need to help people see. You know, you can't throw mud and shade on everybody and expect them to change. You need to uh, show them the light, you know, help them become better people. Um, And that's a way to uh, change society. And I think some of the focus, like Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett, um, I've had people say they don't really think they care about the world. I I think they do. I just don't think they really know what to do on how to really make the, the major effects and the major changes. I could show them. I have been working on this for 30 years. God has shown me so many uh, different businesses that we need to have done a certain way so that we can help the people of the world. It can't all be top down. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, so I think I know, two things. Too that, I yeah, think two no, things about that. I think unions today versus unions when they were created are drastically different. Um, I, I do think the modern union functions much more as a, um, not a lynch mob, as a, uh, not a dictator either. Unions are more of like a little dictatorship. I, yeah. The unions can go too far, man. I mean, it's like any organization. Yeah. You get the extremists, extremists, they've been around too long, and then the extremists are in there. I, I remember this one where it was like the, the union was fighting to divide these jobs up, and it was like, Let's say we want this one guy to push this one button and that's his whole job. And the business owners, you have to, you can't just take this one-sided view. I've owned a business, but I also want my employees or uh, people that work with me to have wonderful lives and you can't just abuse people. So there's this modern ground. The only, and again, it's like government services, unions, they wouldn't be needed if the businesses would just do the right thing. It's like, uh, I think business and school systems should be partnered, especially if you grow to a certain size, to help fund some of these things that where government is doing that they shouldn't be doing. Like, let's do a salmon study. Let's do a population discriminate, you know, whatever study. Do that through the universities. Why not have uh, the government come out with some plans? Hey, we need to do some of these things. Universities implemented. They're funded by the corporations, taking their uh, social responsibility. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a working system. The problem is that the government has to make up for so many lacking 
things of what the companies are not doing or they're doing harmfully, that it creates a lot of problems, right? So it's like uh, if the companies paid everybody well, they wouldn't need food stamps, right? We need, wouldn't need all these social services as much, right? If we had great health care that didn't... My mom went to the hospital for two days, $96,000 bill. Wow. I mean... Tell me one middle-class American that's not just going to be destroyed by that. Yeah, we have insurance, but, you know, 70, 30s and up to caps and all this crap. Give me a break, you know. Um, so this is an unfair system, okay? It is rigged against us. Uh, when I say us, the majority of the people, it's obviously favors the super rich, uh, and the corporations, and it's always been this way. If you look throughout all of human history, what you said about America earlier, um, obviously America started out and was like, it's a, it's a beacon on the shiny hill. We have some serious problems. For God's sake, we started with slavery, and, uh, the segregation, women. Um, but we kind of tried to overcome these things. I think that's what makes America the, great, the greatest country on the planet, um, is that we were the first, right? And we were the one that kept changing the fastest. So, and Europe has obviously jumped in and started changing faster in some respects than we did on some of these uh, more unification ideas. But again, sometimes they go a little too far. But for me, it's like this idea of balance, socialism, not a bad word. America's always been socialist as soon as we pay for our roads, our military, everything else, right? A socialist country is government, business, and people. Communism is all government doing everything, right? That's what we don't, we're not for that. But we also don't want all business doing everything because then we get pollution and well, people being treated horribly and all the rest. There's another so it's this aspect. Balance. And like I said, yeah, there, we just find the right balance. There's another aspect of socialism uh, that's different than communism. That's the, uh, the my body or my well-being is ours. It's, it's not mine. Um, or the... Wait, what does that mean? Say that again? The, like my my personal health or my personal well-being isn't mine, it's ours. Um, so like if the guy across the street got sick, then we have to do X, Y, or Z about there. There's a compulsion aspect to socialism um, that is different than communism. Well, I guess it depends on how you define. Yeah, I don't, I don't, when I've studied this, I don't see that. I think that that's been injected into it. But just the pure, I'm just, when I, I think a lot of the problems when we talk about things is that we don't go down to the basic. We, we also deal with all these fragmented ideas that have been stacked on top of that. Socialism, just as a pure idea, is government, business, and the people kind of working together. Because you can't have one or the other. If you, you can add on, I mean, Marxist, you know, or whatever ideals, you can talk about all these different ideas of what socialism means. But at the core, that's what it is, right? So for us as a, as a new party... Right? We're going to build out on this idea of really making those three systems work better. Um, the idea that uh, that's really a Christian idea, too. I want to say I've seen that. It's not just it's in the idea of America, like our our brother. Everybody's our brother and sister. Uh, we're all in this together kind of an idea. Uh, that's part of faith. That's really the kind of at the core of Christianity. So I think sometimes anything can get distorted and go too far. You know what I mean? It's like. Um, Certainly, the idea that we can't leave anybody behind, we've got to all realize that's true, right? Because you just look at, it's always the lone guy that's been mistreated or whatever. This, now he's a gunman killing people, you know what I mean? Or blowing up himself and other people. I mean, for God's sake, there's people in the world like killing children that go to school. And you know what I mean? I mean, the really twisted ideas. So, but these ideas all come out of them thinking they're doing something good. Right? They think they think those people are doing wrong, and they, by them doing this horrible thing is going to make things right somehow. And this twisted idea um, in America, like the, like socialism is wrong. Certain I, certain aspects of everything is wrong. You know what I mean? It's like uh, we just need to parse what is good and what is bad and make it work because we need our business and our government and uh, people all working together in harmony. We can't. That's our goal, right? We need to figure out how to get there. So, you know, let's let's get rid of all these these horrible ideas of what socialism is and make it uh, what it's truly meant to be, which is this this good balance. You know, and there's not one answer there. There's a, a 
I think, a diversity of answers that need to be implemented um, differently sometimes in different situations, different cities, different situations. Uh, and that's where the complexity comes. Oh, concept. man. We, we are at the end of the line, but we have to have a follow-on interview now because, yeah, on the socialism piece. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested, and maybe we'll chat offline um, and come back, but I'm definitely interested in sussing out some more of the socialism talk. One, because nobody wants to talk about it. Uh, and two, because you are speaking about it well. Uh, but as always, before we go, uh, again, you can't pick your own. Yours is a given. But if you can get everyone to read and understand one book, aside from a prescriptive religious text, an official religious text of a religion, um, what would you pick and why? Gosh, I'm really bad at like pulling out names and uh, things. Part of my uh, my learning disability, so sometimes I draw blanks when you do oh, this. Oh, that's fine. People um, have picked authors or sets of books. Yeah. Um, and uh, one one well, guess just... comes to mind. And uh, God, all right, I'll, I'll throw out a couple um, from the Eastern side, since a lot of people probably don't mention those. Lao Tzu, uh, he wrote the Tao Te Ching. I recommend Tao Te Ching to everybody. Uh, you know, we, we call Confucius, his master Kong Zi, I think was his real name. Uh, Confucius is another great um, mind master, as they say. Uh, and what's interesting about those two, they lived in ancient China, and they, they were talking about all these social issues like we are talking about. And I believe it was Lao Tzu, like literally used to go to the kings and the emperors and try to convince them that taking care of the people and doing good by them was the right thing to do. So and I think Lao Tzu at the very end, he wrote the Tao Te Ching and he left China because he was so pissed off and um, with uh, with the leaders who wouldn't listen to him. Awesome. Well, I will add that to there's a growing uh, reading list over um, on the website. So I will certainly add that. Uh, one more time, our guest is Andrew Calderella, uh, author of the book The Way. It's available now. You don't even have to wait those two days for Amazon Prime. It's on, you said, audiobook. You can you can have it today, right now. Just pull out your no, it's phone. not audio. It's on, it's on ebook, 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 not audio. There we go. Yeah, yeah. You, but you not can. You can have it now. Yeah. On That's a lot of money to make it. Easy. I haven't quite got there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. Uh, Andrew. Thanks so much for joining the show, and you're definitely going to be on. I'm I'm inviting and accepting your invite on your behalf <laughs> to come back. <laughs> I would love to talk about socialism. I, I actually have a few pointers I want to bring up. I'm doing a video on this, and just so people know, they can find me on social media everywhere. Uh, we're doing groups on Facebook. I'm just getting started. Please help me, join me. You know, let's let's really make this stuff happen. Awesome. Andrew, it was a pleasure. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show. Joe Mobley Show.